Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now, welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. Today's conversation is with Barbara Yu Larson, the founder and CEO of Pact, which is a Hong Kong-based startup which offers a creative tech solution to the acute space issues that plague all city dwellers globally. Prior to launching her business, Barbara had careers in investment banking and executive search in New York, London and Hong Kong. She has lived all over the world and in her own words has wanderlust. She is multilingual and has an extensive and diverse global network. Barbara discusses how her change from the corporate world into the world of tech was unexpected, but developed out of her own need and thinking of a solution to a problem of what to do with the clothes that you don't need now, but you will need when the season changes and have limited space. The idea extends into the wardrobe makeover, vintage clothing care, sustainability, the use of organic clothing care products, and clothes sharing with your best friends. So now, without further delay, let's begin. So Barbara, can you introduce yourself? Thank you, Neville. It's a pleasure to be here today. My Chinese name is Yu Peilan. My father was a diplomat, and I grew up in New York and spent a lot of my time in London before I moved to Hong Kong in 2010. Uh, my career started in investment banking. I was at Morgan Stanley and Lehman Brothers in New York and London, and then very happily had um, three wonderful children who took a lot of my time. I then went into executive search, focusing on uh, the investment banking financial services industry until I embarked on my entrepreneur's journey which brings me here today. Okay, thank you very much. So, can you just describe your journey from a corporate background to what you're doing now? What made you decide to change jobs in your career? I think the change um, from a corporate world to becoming an entrepreneur uh, was unexpected um, and something that probably happened because I had an interesting idea um, that I thought was really worth developing as a concept and then executing. Um, In the corporate world, I was always very good at the big picture, at connecting dots, at um, building a network, and that's really helped me um, as an entrepreneur. Going from the corporate world where you looked at the big picture, to an entrepreneur, what differences do you notice? There? Well, I think um, it made me good at many different things um, in the corporate world because I was good with people. I was uh, always in a sales or marketing role. Um, I was good at listening to people and hearing what they they needed, what 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 they wanted. And that's helped me as an entrepreneur. One of my uh, great friends said to me last year when I first uh, thought about um, developing Pact, 
uh, he said, go out and talk to 70, 80, 100 people. Just get their feedback. Write it all down and think about it. And if after that experience you still want to do it, then try to put your team together. Okay, so you mentioned PACT. So what exactly is PACT? PACT is a new concept. Uh, PACT um, is your wardrobe on demand. It's a tech platform for wardrobe storage and management. Um, our home base is Hong Kong, where people live in small flats. Uh, we have a temperature and humidity issue, and property prices are very high. So, in fact, it's very difficult to have adequate wardrobe space. I think most people can tell you that. Or what a lot of people do is use their second bedroom to store clothes, which is a terrible waste of money. Um, and I think we realize that we could do a photographic inventory, help people digitize their wardrobe so that they would really have it at their fingertips in their smartphone. And this um, gives access and convenience to, to, to the modern professional who has a busy work and social life and is probably also a frequent traveler. So what motivates you to be doing this? I suppose it started with my own needs. Uh, I moved to Hong Kong in 2010 with my family. Uh, we lived in a service department for six or seven months before we bought a flat, and space was always an issue. Um, I had a 12-year-old son who had a lot of sports gear. My husband was keen on skiing, lots of winter stuff. Um, and I had a lot of dresses and shoes and clothes and bags and so on. And I realized that there are a lot of things that you want to keep, but you don't necessarily have to have two feet away from you. And so long as you can have the access and have a photo ID of it, I'm happy to have it somewhere else. What did you have in mind when you created a Pact brand? I wanted Pact to be about sustainability. I wanted it to be about clothing care with a tech platform for wardrobe storage and management. So um, sustainability in the sense that we're creating a community where we can um, look after our own clothes and then also share and trade and donate to charity the things that we may not be using as much. Um, I also wanted um, to develop a clothing care um, concept uh, in Asia because I think that is much more of a European um, or American way of thinking that vintage clothes are just as valuable as new clothes that you buy. And the way you have beautiful vintage clothes is if you look after them. So um, I found a company, uh, Rouillet White, uh, based in the UK, um, family-run company with a lovely, lovely story. Um, um, the owner's great-great-grandmother uh, was in service, working in one of the, the, the big homes in, in, in England, uh, much like Downton Abbey. And along the way, she developed a lot of um, uh, tricks um, to, to look after shoes and clothes and develop some beautiful products. And their ethos is pet planet and people-friendly. 
So they are all organic and non-chemical uh, products using essential oils. And we are co-branding on some of the clothing care products, which I think will be great for the pet brand. So Hong Kong, you mentioned, has a humidity problem. Yes. And this affects the clothes in what way? Well, uh, humidity is one of the worst things possible for leather. So that can be you know, leather jacket, it can be for shoes, it can be for bags. Um, and to look after properly, you have to have a uh, temperature-controlled room, but it also can't be that dry because then the leather cracks. So there is a, um, a perfect temperature and, and, and a good range of humidity that is important. Uh, we are using acid-free tissue paper to store uh, wedding dresses. Um, that's important. We use anti-moth sprays. Uh, we use um, lovely, or through this brand, uh, Mrs. White, uh, there's some beautiful cashmere uh, hand wash products, uh, intermittent apparel hand wash products, um, other really good laundry and clothing care um, products. So you can find them also on our uh, website. So you got the idea for PACT. Had you had any experience of this before in, in this area? No, certainly not being an entrepreneur um, and uh, certainly not in the tech world. When my children heard that uh, mum was going to do a tech startup in Hong Kong, uh, I'd say that they were um, very surprised. But it makes sense to use the technology we've got today and the fast-changing technology we have to make our lives easier, more convenient. I think PACT is also about sustainability. It's about trying to create a community where we can share and trade uh, clothes. That will be our second platform. Um, we don't always need to go out and buy new things. We can... Um, use what we have. So is it only limited, is it limited to the Hong Kong area or do you, have you expanded it? Well, we uh, soft launched in June of this year and officially launched at the end of September. Uh, we're up to about 50 paying clients now and looking to um, break even by spring of next year in Hong Kong. And then of course we have uh, at least Asian ambitions, if not global ambitions. Uh, we'd like to be in a second city by this time next year. And we're thinking about Singapore or Tokyo or possibly Shanghai. Yeah, because we have a humidity problem here as well. Yes, and, and also Shanghai is great because there's seasons. So yeah. we, we, we need places where the winter coats, boots, bulky clothes. Okay, so I'll be looking out for your um, flyers. How do you market your product? Uh, so far, we've done it uh, by word of mouth, a bit by social media, and by uh, working with some good partners um, in Hong Kong. Um, and by partners, I mean working with uh, charity balls uh, to get brand awareness uh, up. Um, we are in a Christmas promotion with Quintessentially Yours. Um, we're working with a couple of the private clubs to reach their members, and uh, we've been on the Sassy Mums Wedding Gift Guide, P for Pact, and also their Christmas Gift Guide, which just came out, 
P for packed. What do you give the woman who's everything? Space. Space. <laughs> you mentioned quintessentially yours. How does that help you to market your brand? Uh, well, they um, are doing a promotion saying that for new uh, quintessentially members, um, they will offer a makeover with their top stylist and a 15% discount um, with Pact. It's interesting, we had focus groups um, back in April just to get some sense of price pointing and product and all of that. And the only consistent thing that the 25 or 30 women uh, we canvassed, and they were between 25 and 65, was that every single one would love to have access to a stylist. And we had a diplomat who wanted to be told what to wear every day of the week, Monday to Friday. We had especially women in their late 20s, early 30s, who wanted someone to come and help them with their imaging. Um, so I think there's a, a, a great partnership that, that I can do with, with stylists. So you actually identified an, a new need um, in the marketplace? Yes, um, I think so. And, and here, you know, stylists can really help do that wardrobe edit, and then they can help clients separate um, what they're really using and what they would like to keep but don't use, and then what they actually are using and what they need to buy or to, to borrow. And also what's in fashion and what's not in fashion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it makes sense for stylists to come in when clients are thinking about using PACT yeah. because they may have a very, very full wardrobe, they may have a second bedroom full of clothes, and having a stylist come in and help do the wardrobe edit first and separate what should go to charity, what should be stored in PACT, and we do a photo uh, inventory, a photo catalog of each item that comes in on a mannequin, so you get a high-res photograph. Um, in your uh, smartphone, and that has proved really popular. So they help you decide um, what your new look could be, what um, your new image branding should be, but very often if you have a, an overflowing wardrobe, you can't see what you have. Uh, yeah. You may not know what you yeah. have. So by having someone come and edit your wardrobe, they help you separate what you haven't worn for five years but should go to charity what uh, perhaps you treasure but aren't really wearing and you want to store with packed, or perhaps your winter things, just to get some quality space in your wardrobe. And then once you have space, you can look at it again and decide, oh, yes, I need an orange top for, 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 for that skirt, or I need something for that new jacket um, or new pair of shoes. But until you see what you have, it's very hard to know what you need to, to go buy. Yeah, so it's a mutual... It's a mutual thing. And, it, and then yeah. you may also find, well, actually, once you have access to your friend's wardrobes online, your friend may have that orange top you're looking for. And you may not actually need to go out and buy it. You may be going to a fancy dress party and you need a red dress. Why go out and buy one when your best friend has a red dress? So this is where sustainability starts to come into the air, where you're not duplicating yes, what you have access to. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's, yes, that sounds good. One of the things I've noticed from your resume 
is that you've worked and lived in many countries. So how have you managed to deal with those changes? Um, I've always had a bit of wanderlust. I've uh, traveled many times around the world. I suppose the only place I really haven't been to is Australia, which is still on my list of uh, to, to see places. Um, I speak a number of European languages. Um, my husband is Swedish. Uh, my children are very comfortable um, with their French cousins, with their um, Danish cousins. Um, so we've, we've moved around and lived in different places. So where's your favorite place? That's a really hard question. Um, I suppose New York will always be home. Um, I grew up there. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother from Nanjing. So actually my Mandarin is heavily Nanjing accented. Um, and, um, and then Hong Kong. I, I, I really enjoy Hong Kong. I think it's, it's been such a vibrant and um, immediate city. And I don't think there's any other city in the world where I could have progressed so quickly with a startup as I have in Hong Kong. In your work career and your career as an entrepreneur, have you experienced any failures? I, I think everyone has experienced failures. Um, I spent 10 years in investment banking. It was a, it was a tough world, and there were certainly plenty of um, not so successful times, but also some great successes. Um, I left in uh, 1988, uh, shortly after the uh, stock market crash in October 87. Um, and that was a difficult period. I then had three children, and I was very much um, a hands-on, I wouldn't say tiger mom, but um, definitely a hands-on mom. And I worked flexi time in executive search in the beginning because that was the world I knew. And it, it, it worked very well. And I'd say the exciting times for me in executive search um, were really between 1998 and 2008. And once the global financial crisis came, headhunting became very, very difficult. And then there were many, many disappointments. In the financial crisis, what would you say was the greatest difficulty? I think that the, the, the most, um, what I thought was most difficult was working with a lot of men and women who were really in their, the prime of their career, so mid-30s, late-30s, early-40s, who suddenly, because of a global financial crisis or um, they were part of the old management and new management came in and people lost their jobs. And then I found for a couple of years um, being a headhunter meant also being a counselor, being a coach, being many other things because people found it so shocking to be in the prime of their careers and lose their job. Those skills, counseling and coaching mm -hmm. people, do you think that's helped you in your entrepreneurial activities? I think so, because building a team is obviously about listening to people, trying to understand what people are looking for to uh, make that particular role uh, work for them. I think I am a very driven person, but I also listen. I 
try to find people who have a chemistry with one another. Um, and to some extent, I think that chemistry in a startup team is almost as important as the actual skills. Because it becomes a family. You really have to help each other. And what's made our startup work so well is um, I've had a brilliant core team who are all excellent at what they do, but they've been able to work 360 and, and help the rest of the team. And sometimes we're all focused on the investor deck. Sometimes we're all focused on the tech. I mean, I had to do the initial wireframing. That's something I never thought I would do. Um, we all work together to, to get through this first year. You've mentioned tech, and let's go back to the tech. What experience before you had the startup did you have with tech? None. None. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd say that I wasn't even a very good uh, iPhone user. In fact, I didn't have an iPhone until I started Pact. So how did you make the transition from somebody that was a bad iPhone user to somebody that was running a tech company? Well, my CTO, uh, I uh, initially met because um, a friend told me that I probably needed to find an IT buddy who could get me up to speed um, on basic IT and um, sync all of my different devices and understand a little bit how to to use whether it's Slack or Box or you know all, all these um, channels for communication, and then through that we discussed many different things, and then we both realized that we could do a lot more together um, than than just helping me with my IT. Was this after your startup had started, or was this? No, this was before. This was before. Yes. So you you had a friend that recommended a tech guy. Exactly. Yes, who is now the CTO. Oh, the CTO. So this was before the startup. And you then, did you have the idea for the startup and then got them involved? Or? Well, yes, I, I, I thought, um, I suppose I started doing my um, research probably spring of 2014. And I started doing the frameworking exercise with the current COO, the project manager, uh, September 2014. And I met um, um, my CTO, who was then the IT buddy, in end of November. So not even this time last year, end of November, beginning of December. And we worked together for a few weeks. And then we put together the core team end of December and started working together January 14, 2015. So it's pretty fast. And has your iPhone use improved? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think I'm much better. <laughs> so you didn't have any IT skills. Mm -hmm. So how did you make that transition to learn IT skills? Well, did you just get a manual out? No, I think Nick was a, a, a great coach, but I think it's also about wanting to understand something. And even though uh, it wasn't my natural uh, way of things, um, I'm not an engineer by any means, and my core team is three engineers and me. Um, and I have the vision, I have the, um, the energy to do the networking, and what I always say, the connecting the dots. And because I think you can have a great tech idea, but you actually don't necessarily get a business out of it.
the other three members are engineers. Did you initially find any difficulties communicating with engineers? Because some people believe that there's engineer language and non-engineer language. No, I think um, on the on the really uh, more technical stuff on the development side, Nick was very good at it, explaining it in a non-tech way initially. Um, but no, I think there there's a part of me that is very direct and straightforward and logical. Um, I'm numerate, so that made it very easy to to understand each other. Um, and all three engineers actually have a lot of interests other than just being engineers, whether it's been food and wine or fashion or photography. So they've all had many different interests. So there's a blending of skills mm. and it's interests. It's definitely right? blending of skills, yeah. definitely. What's happened with the company recently? So recently uh, we have started to uh, work with W Hub uh, in Hong Kong. And that's Karen and Karina, who've been uh, great supporters uh, of PACT. And they're helping us improve our investor deck and introduce us to potential investors. And I think that's great. Uh, we did probably 15, 20 iterations ourselves uh, because we needed to get our own message and story straight. Um, but now it's time for someone from the outside to come in and clean it all up. And actually doing that takes a lot of time and, and energy. And I think right now the company's at a point where I need to be out there increasing the brand awareness, uh, developing the marketing side, and getting the, the, the paying customers in. Yeah, I was lucky enough to interview Karen Farzam earlier last year, and I saw the work she was doing was very commendable. So how does she help you, or how does W Harp help you? Um, she's been great at helping me um, focus a couple of the pitches I'm doing. I'm doing a um, another pitch uh, Thursday afternoon in Hong Kong, the Lee and Fong Group. It's a disruption day pitch. So um, having an outsider's opinion is always great because they can just look at it with a different set of eyes, a different um, um, looking for something different and making me focus the pitch for that particular audience. Um, because obviously you can imagine by now I have a library of pitches I've done uh, for, for different startup events. How many pitches have you done? Oh Around gosh, I don't know, a dozen? A dozen. Yeah, a dozen probably in the last few months. And have you got yeah. better as you've pitched? Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. One yeah. gets better, it becomes easier, it becomes more of a conversation. Um, you know your financials really well, you, you know everything much better. The name Pact, um, how did you decide on the name Pact? Uh, my, uh, my daughter came up with a name. Um, because my youngest son said, Mom, it's got to be short and sweet, something that people will remember. We wanted it to convey the sense of reliability, because if you're going to give me your treasured clothes, um, you want to feel that there's trust. So uh, the word packed, it's a bit of a play on words, packed your bags, frequent traveler, moving around a lot, and a pact between us. 
again, conveying that sense of trust. Um, yeah, and I think the name is great. And how supportive is your family in your activities? Oh, they've been great. Um, especially my daughter, I must say. She has had brilliant ideas, and a, a couple of her uh, girlfriends uh, in the last couple months have come through Hong Kong and helped me as an intern. And that's been great because you can imagine startups are always looking for, for, for help and um, interns are, are really a great way to um, leverage our business. How many people do you have work, actually working for you? Uh, core team is four. Uh, we now have probably another six in the office. Um, we're trying to uh, hire somebody else on the tech side, and we've got a great um, intern arriving in January whose background is visual arts and photography, videography. With the changes you've had um, and the varied background you've had, what recommendations can you give to entrepreneurs that are thinking of going into a completely new area? I think if there's a will, there's a way. Um, I think that to be, um, I'm not successful yet, but I think to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be willing to, um, you have to be flexible and be willing to, to pivot. And maybe your original idea has to change along the way because you're getting different customer feedback. I think it's dangerous to just have one idea and stay fixed with it. Um, you need to be willing to adapt. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Um, they can reach me, uh, info at pact, P-A-K-T dot H-K, um, or they can reach me on LinkedIn. So is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? I think uh, 2016 is going to be a really exciting time for PACT, so I would just say watch the space and... Um, yeah, we've got a lot to do. And can we have the URL for Pact? www.pact.hk Okay, thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you, Neville. And we'll be keeping in touch. Okay, great. Pleasure to be here. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to asiabizstories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action.